Welcome to the Todd Starn Show, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There's never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. Live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's favorite gun-toting, Bible-clinging, deplorable American. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. Todd Starnes. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, well, this uh, this gay pride month thing, it's getting weird. Just weird, everybody. Uh, hello. Todd Starnes uh, here with you. And we're what? Uh, we still haven't. How many more days? We're not even to the. We're not even to the halfway point yet. We're getting there. But I'm telling you, folks, there's some crazy stuff going down with this whole uh, yeah, pride uh, nonsense, which is not so much about uh, gay pride anymore or the lesbian pride, uh, pride, but it's really about um, a transgender pride and all the other little um, I don't know subcategories of the, the pansexual people and the furry critters and the whatnot. So uh, anyway, the Pentagon has now jumped into all of this, and there's a fascinating there's a fascinating story here. Two stories that I, I want to start out with today. By the way, we have some we have some great guests coming up. Laura Trump is going to be here, and Don Trump Jr. will be here on the program. So you're going to want to stick around uh, for that conversation. And I'm going to get to President Trump in just a moment, um, but I, I want to talk about the Pentagon because they are now ratcheting up the rhetoric over gay rights. Now, one of the big problems, and we talked to uh, Congressman Jim Banks about this. He is uh, one of the top conservatives up on Capitol Hill. He is chairman of the the House Study Committee, which is the, one of the largest conservative uh, caucuses, or caucus, if you will. And uh, he says he's been very concerned about military recruitment. Red-blooded American young men, who love pickup trucks and country music and girls and maybe have a dog in the bed of the truck, they, they're not signing up for military service anymore. And by and large, and you can argue this till the cows come home, but it's the truth, by and large, those are the individuals who make up the foundation, the bedrock of the United States military. And most of those young men are coming from places like the South and the Midwest. That's just the reality of it. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just the reality. And a lot of those young men are taking a look at what's happening with the pronoun stuff, with the uh, the LGBT agenda, with all of this training they have to go through that, uh, that makes them feel bad about being white, the critical race theory, the white privilege stuff. And those guys are saying, you know what? I don't, I don't think I'm willing to put my life on the line for that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm not, I, I don't think I'm ready to go down that path. And so a lot of young men are just no longer joining the military. There is a massive recruitment problem. And the military doesn't care because ultimately, I don't think they want to care. Now, I want you to hear me on this. There are some very bad people running the Pentagon. And I am very concerned about that. The one thing that might possibly keep me up at night but doesn't because of my pillow. But if I didn't have a my pillow, this would keep me up at night. Are we actually prepared to fight a war? 
Are we prepared to defend our own homeland from an invasion? I mean, right now, you've got to look, our founding fathers, they intended for us to have a strong and vigorous military to kill the enemy and blow things up, made up of red-blooded patriotic warriors. But today's military is made up of of a bunch of pronoun-confused social justice warriors, some of whom cannot even do a pull-up or a push-up. And that's the reality. You got the Navy out there, and they're using a drag queen who happens to be an active-duty service member to promote the Navy. Do you really think all of the straight young men out there, and may I just, let me say this, and I... These are all just inconvenient truths. I know I'm triggering people today, but it just needs to be said. A majority of the people in America are of the heterosexual variety. I know, I know that's going to trigger people, but it's true. I Hollywood wants you to believe that 98% of the population is of the gay variety, but that's not true. Boys like girls, girls like boys, they get married and have lots of babies. That's America. So I'm not saying that to put anybody down. It's just the facts. Contrary to what what you might hear from the White House or the Pentagon or, or the news. It's just the reality. So most of those people have decided, okay, we don't want to have anything to do with this. So now you have the military, and they're advancing this social justice agenda. And a couple of years ago, well, it was longer than that, five or six years ago, Uh, We did a story, and it was an exclusive story. Not a lot of people covered it at the time. But we got word that the military under Obama was actually training officers to, to think that religious groups like the Family Research Council and American Family Association, Alliance Defending Freedom, a lot of friends of this program were actually domestic hate groups. And they were telling these officers, you need to be careful because if you have anybody under your command and they give money to or they might support the Family Research Council or American Family Association, they might be a problem for you. So since the Obama years, they have have been working very hard to undermine the bedrock foundation of the military. And that's why so many Republican members of Congress who served They see this more than anybody else, and they are greatly alarmed at this. And I only bring this up because we're probably going to be in a war with with China in the not-so-distant future, and we need to be aware of this so we can ask ourselves some tough questions. Are we actually prepared to fight and win a war? And it's a question that we all need to be asking. So... Instead of being prepared to fight the Chinese, it appears that the Biden Pentagon is preparing to fight you, the good people of America. Now, I'm going to play some audio here in just a moment from a pride event at the Pentagon. Gil Cisneros, the undersecretary of the DOD, said in a speech that that they have to stick together and be prepared to confront those who challenge the LGBT community. Now, he stopped short of saying how the military intended to do that, but the military owns a lot of firepower and a lot of weapons. And I'm very curious what he meant by that. Lieutenant General Deanna Burt 
the head of Space Force, also echoed that warning. We're going to play a couple of pieces of audio here from the Lieutenant General as as I believe she violated military code. And I know we have a large military audience, so military veterans, I want you to listen to this, and you can tell us if this Lieutenant General violated the code by inserting politics into her comments. Cut 18. Transformational cultural change requires leadership from the top. And we do not have time to wait. Since January of this year, more than 400 anti-LGBTQ plus laws have been introduced at the state level. That number is rising and demonstrates a trend that could be dangerous for service members, their families, and the readiness of the force as a whole. When I look at potential candidates, say for squadron command, I strive to match the right person to the right job. I consider their job performance and relevant experience first. However, I also look at their personal circumstances, and their family is also an important factor. It's a good match for a job does not feel safe being themselves and performing at their highest potential at a given location, or if their family could be denied critical health care due to the laws in that state. I am compelled to consider a different candidate and perhaps less qualified. So you just heard a lieutenant general in Space Force say that there have been moments where instead of the best qualified person, she chose someone of lesser quality over the LGBT issue. Oh, she also had this to say. This is a, this is a head scratcher. Cut number 19, please. Gathering a unique perspective and harnessing creativity is how we will succeed in facing our future challenges as a service. LGBTQ plus individuals have been defending our nation since the American Revolution and they have been leading the way for equality ever since. Today, our LGBTQ plus guardians are allowed to live as their authentic selves. With that freedom, these members can excel and continue to serve. All right, there you go. Who knew that our freedom was secured by a a gay military? And I don't know who she's talking about. George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, I do not know. But these days, everybody, everybody is gay right? So it doesn't matter who you are. Everybody's gay. That's when they write a hundred years from now, everybody will be gay. Even if you're straight, you were actually really gay. That's gay, 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 jazz hands, everybody. I look, I don't know. Was George Washington and Ben Franklin and Sam Adams, were they doing, were they doing Broadway show tunes in the basement of the pub in Boston? I don't know. I was not there. But clearly, the lieutenant general has intel that the rest of us do not have. But there you go. And that brings me to point number two here, ladies and gentlemen. President Biden catching a little fire from Elon Musk and uh, Team DeSantis about something Biden said regarding children, your children. So the Biden administration doesn't believe your children belong to you, cut 20. These are our kids. These are our neighbors, not somebody else's kids. They're all our kids. And our children are the kite strings that hold our national ambitions aloft. It matters a great deal how we treat everyone in this country. LGBTQ Americans, especially children, you're loved, you're heard, and this administration has your back. Uh, Wow. Okay, there you go. So this is really nothing new, by the way, this idea that 
your kids don't really belong to you. They belong to some sort of a government collective. Remember when Obama encouraged everybody to send send the birthday greetings to Michelle, affectionately known literally at the time as Mother Obama. They they really they advanced this notion that that Barack and Michelle were sort of like our parents, mommy and daddy, if you will, or daddy and mommy. I don't know. Anyway, uh, I just repeat what I I'm told. Uh, so anyway, you've got Joe Biden out there saying, all right, your kids do not belong to you. Now, Elon Musk says, hey, wait a second here. Uh, what's going on? The children are not fodder for the government. Uh, Team DeSantis uh, put out a statement saying they are not your kids. Now, you have to go back to 1995. We could jump into the Todd Stearns show time machine and head back to 1995, but we don't have time for that today. So I, I'm, I'm just going to encapsulate this for you. Hillary Rodham Clinton published a children's book called It Takes a Village. Now, the message of that book was that the children of America belong to the community, not mommy and daddy. The collective knows best, not mommy and daddy. How is this playing out in today's society? Well, look at what's happening in California, ladies and gentlemen. They're actually considering legislation that would remove a child or a children from the home of a parent if that parent does not affirm the BLT agenda. I'm sorry, that's what I'm having for lunch. I meant the LGBT agenda. You don't affirm the agenda, we're going to take your kids out of the home. That is the legislation being considered. And remember, the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus, who once sang the song, the anthem, They're Coming for Your Children. Folks, I'm telling you, we got to pay attention to this. You got to pay attention. This is what and this is what it looks like when you have the full force of the federal government. You have the full force of Hollywood and major league sports and the, the media all shoving an agenda down your throats. And if you do not agree with this agenda, they will destroy you. By the way, that's the real message of Pride Month. That's the message. Resistance is futile. I'm just telling you, I'm, this is it. So you can, you can make a choice. All of us have a choice to make. You can either stand and do something about it, or you can just you can close your door, hide in a closet, if you will. What was it that um, what was it that Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, silence in the face of evil is evil itself, right? And what happens when you don't speak? I'm going to tell you what happens when you don't speak. When you don't speak out, really bad things happen in this country. When you don't speak out, people run around buck naked in front of children, shaking their badonkadonks and other body parts in front of the children on the White House lawn. Poor Dolly Madison's rolling over in her grave. All right, we got to take a break here. 844-747-8868. That's our toll-free telephone number. 844-747-8868. We'll be right back. Legacy Precious Metals has a revolutionary new online platform that allows you to invest in real gold and silver online. 
Hi, this is Todd Starnes, and in just a few easy steps, you can open an account online, select your metals of choice, and choose to have them stored in a vault or shipped to your door. You'll have access to a dashboard where you can track your portfolio growth in real time, anytime. And you'll see transparent pricing on every coin and bar. This puts you in complete control of your money. The platform is free to sign up for. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com and open your account and see this new investing platform for yourself. Gold hedges against inflation and against a volatile stock market. A true diversified portfolio isn't just more stocks and bonds, but different asset classes. And this new platform allows you to make investments in gold and silver, no matter how small or large, with a few clicks. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com to get started. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com or call 866-649-0304. That number again, 866-649-0304, and start investing today. All right, welcome back, America. And today is Flag Day. That's F-L-A-G Day. Flag Day in America. And it reminds me of, of what happened just over the weekend when they desecrated the American flag. They desecrated Old Glory at the White House. And then we found out that you uh, you had the uh, the transgender activist. And I can't tell. I, it's, it's just crazy. It's, uh, you, you got the dudes and the gals and the, the fake hooters. And then the, the real hooters, they got cut off. Lord knows where those are. Maybe they left those at the White House. And now the White House is having to weigh in because uh, the videos came out well, over on ToddSterns.com. You can see the video for yourself of the transgender activist running around buck naked in front of the children of America on the lawn of the White House. KJP was asked to weigh in on this yesterday. Cut number seven. It was inappropriate, disrespectful. Is there going to be a greater effort in the future to communicate a code of conduct for White House guests? Look. We've, as you mentioned, the statement uh, that we put out, you heard from us earlier today, uh, the, the behavior was simply unacceptable. Uh, we've been very clear about that. It was unfair to the hundreds of attendees who were there to celebrate their families. Uh, so, you know, we're going to continue to be clear on that. And uh, that type of behavior is, uh, as I said, unacceptable. It's not appropriate. It's disrespectful. And let's not, uh, it, it really does not reflect the event that we hosted uh, to celebrate the LGBTQ plus families. Again, hundreds of families who were here uh, to celebrate uh, their community and who were here in attendance. So um, look, individuals in the video uh, certainly will not be invited to future events. And uh, this is has not occurred before, right? This is not, this was not a normal thing that has happened under this administration. Uh, but we've been very clear about how uh, how we saw this particular uh, behavior. She desecrated, they all desecrated the White House. Oh, by the way, Rose Montoyo is the man who dresses as a woman. And now he's very upset about all of this. Cut number 11. I had zero intention of trying to be vulgar or be profane in any way. I was simply living in joy, living my truth and existing in my body. Happy pride, free the nipple. You moron, you pervert. You took your top off in front of children at the White House. Are you a, uh, pardon me, ladies and gentlemen. I just, 
the, these folks are driving me bonkers. And I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm done. I think they need to make Pride Month maybe 15 days, and then maybe, just maybe, we'll all be able to get on with our lives. Got to take a break here. This is the Todd Stearns Radio Show. If you are looking for my pillow, you will not find it in the big box stores. And the reason why, it's pretty awful. My pillow's been canceled by the cancel culture mob. And that's why Mike Lindell wants to sell directly to you. And that comes with some great savings. You're going to be able to get the lowest price in the history of MyPillow for their classic standard pillow. Normally $69.98, now only $19.98 with the promo code STARNS. MyPillow does more than just pillows. They have over 150 products. Everything from sleepwear to slippers, even doggy beds and human beds. Go to MyPillow.com backslash STARNS. That's MyPillow.com backslash STARNS. And use the promo code STARNS or call 800-544-8939. That's MyPillow.com backslash STARNS or call 1-800-544-8939. Use the promo code STARNS. All right, welcome back, everybody. Happy to have you with us. Oh, have you heard about Starbucks? So this is a a great story. There are two Starbucks stories to share with you. And and a lot of this, folks, is about people fighting back and pushing back. So you might remember the story um, involving a Starbucks coffee bar in Philadelphia. This is back in 2018. A couple of black guys go in. They're there for some sort of a meeting, and they sit down. And one of them says, hey, can I use the bathroom? And the guy was refused. Um, Starbucks nationwide has been dealing with a lot of issues involving uh, people going in and using the bathroom. And they were not customers. And they were doing drugs and all sorts of horrible stuff. Uh, Homeless people turning them into cesspools. The whole nine yards. And so Starbucks has a policy. They had not ordered any coffee, no beverages. And uh, therefore, they could not use uh, the restroom. And uh, then there was a standoff. Uh, The Starbucks workers called the cops, and it became a national story. Starbucks CEO apologized, and uh, it it was just insane. Starbucks um, ordered 8,000 stores to close for a day to teach workers about racial bias. So while all of that was going on, there was a regional manager, a white woman, and um, she was ordered to fire somebody for racial discrimination, even though she knew, and it was proven beyond a shadow of a doubt, that the person had not committed the discrimination. So her black supervisor fired her instead. Now, this woman, Miss Phillips, had had nothing to do with what happened to that Starbucks joint, but because of the color of her skin, she was fired. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Instead of going quietly into the good night, this woman knew, Shannon Phillips, um, knew that her rights had been violated, that she had been discriminated against. Now, I know the left will tell you, oh, you're a white person. You, uh, you, you can't be discriminated against. Well, a federal jury in New Jersey, of all places, disagreed. And they determined after a lawsuit that Starbucks had indeed fired this woman for one reason only, 
because she was white. This is from the New York Times. A federal jury in New Jersey ordered Starbucks to pay $25.6 million to the regional manager after they determined the company had fired her amid the fallout from the Rittenhouse Square episode because she was white. So there you go. The jury found Starbucks violated the federal civil rights of Shannon Phillips. They also violated a New Jersey law that prohibits discrimination based on race. They awarded her $600,000 in compensatory damages and $25 million in punitive damages. Good for you, ma'am. Good for you. Starbucks declined to comment. Ah, they're probably going to appeal. I say let them. Let them appeal. But the lesson here is you can't go around firing people just because of the color of their skin. You can't do it. You cannot do it. Then there's another story out there involving Starbucks, and this is a little humorous and surprising. The union representing Starbucks workers is alleging that Starbucks will not allow employees to decorate the coffee houses with gay pride paraphernalia. I'm not making this up. They say, contrary to previous years, workers were allowed and even encouraged to put up pride decorations without incident, but now they're being told they're not allowed to. Now, Starbucks denies this is happening, and they say this is uh, this is just the union trying to cause trouble. But I just, I love it. Let them, let them go after each other. That th- This is brilliant. And it's it's part of this thing where people are standing up and they're pushing back. Isn't that great? Standing up and pushing back. There's a great story involving a group of middle school kids who are standing up and pushing back to the radical indoctrination happening in their classrooms. Take a listen to cut number three. These displays of intolerance and homophobia are unacceptable. This type of intolerant rhetoric starts in the home. Parents angry at town hall over intolerance at Marshall Simons Middle School. Kids were asked to wear rainbow clothes in honor of Pride Spirit Day, but some organized a counter protest wearing red, white, and blue or black. The principal sharing a statement to families that Pride posters were ripped down, stickers ripped up, some students chanted USA are my pronouns, and students showing Pride were intimidated. It was an unruly disruption, in fact, that was organized ahead of time. While some parents were upset, others say it was overblown. Some of the kids threw the stickers on the ground, but you know, I can only speak for my daughter. She just, she didn't want to wear that to school. It's not that she wanted to hurt anybody's feelings. She says her daughter felt coerced to participate in the Pride event and was offended by some of the messages, like this quote from Tennessee Williams. Human heart cannot be straight. It is curves and winds. And my daughter just kind of said, you know, mom, that's that's offensive to, to me, who I am straight. But even parents like her, opposed to the Pride Month celebration, say the ripping of posters was wrong. I think destructing any property is wrong. I think, you know, that I just think that was wrong. Parents and community groups now calling for the town and school board to act and support diversity, equity, and inclusion. The incident sparking discussion at home on both sides. My thing that I teach my kids is just be kind. And I wish the schools would just kind of pump the brakes on what they're shoving down these kids' throats. The issue of pride in schools is very controversial. I understand that. I think we need to start at a place of commonality. Wow, uh, this is happening in Burlington, Massachusetts, Marshall Simons Middle School. 
good for these kids. I like these kids. So they are accused of chanting during the school pride celebration. USA are my pronouns. <laughs> you know that triggered the teachers. You wonder who was more upset, and I think it was the faculty. And you heard the, by the way, the woman at the beginning was the principal. Her name is Carrie with a C, Purchase. Very upset. Very upset. But the kids, and again, can you imagine being a parent and you're getting a, a note from the school saying, uh, your child is required to wear rainbow-colored clothing to, to class? Unbelievable. Good for these kids and good for them for standing up and, and pushing back. We had some audio earlier in the week from a math class where the, the students in math class were being forced to watch a propaganda video, and the students were booing and heckling. And I say, good for you kids. We need more of that in the classroom. You got to push back. That's what you got to do. Good for these kids in Massachusetts. Very proud for them. All right, we got to take a break here. 844-747-8868 is our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. Wow, uh, CNN, whew, they got triggered. Oh, it was uh, it was not pretty. So, look, yesterday, Jake Tamper just lost it. And Trump derangement syndrome, ladies and gentlemen, is a terrible malady. Uh, we wish it upon no one. Because once you are infected, that's it. It is a, It's terminal. And, I mean, remember, and uh, thoughts and prayers for Liz Cheney. I mean, look what happened to her. So Jake Tapper came down with a raging case of the TDS, Trump derangement syndrome, yesterday when Trump was uh, greeted in that Miami cafe. It was uh, the name of the uh, diner, the Versailles, in Little Havana. I mean, hundreds of people greeted uh, Trump like a really a, a conquering hero, cut number five. National security laws. Uh, and then obstructing and refusing to cooperate with the FBI. Yeah, uh, whatever this spectacle is that's unfolding before us, let's remember what this case is about. Let's remember what this indictment charges. Again, Donald Trump is charged with a series of federal felonies for mishandling the most sensitive government documents that we have and for obstruction of justice, along with Walt Nauta, who is charged with intentionally setting up lies to the grand jury to the FBI. Any way you look at this, and again, despite whatever may be going on in that restaurant, this case isn't going to be settled legally in a cafe. It's going to be settled in the court based on the, the facts and law. The folks in the control room, I don't need to see any more of that. He, this, he's trying to turn this in. He's trying to turn it into a spectacle, into a campaign ad. That's enough of that. We've seen it already. Speaking of spectacle, it was CNN and MSDNC that had dozens of reporters boots on the ground in Miami, hoping, just hoping for violence. They had the cameras up in the air. They had the drones. They were following the motorcade as it left the airport. And CNN has the audacity to accuse Trump of being a spectacle. They're the ones who created it. And you know they were just raging mad. I can't believe those MAGA people protesting peacefully. Who do they think they are? Well, I'll tell you. Who, I'll tell you who they are. They're red-blooded Americans. And the FBI clearly did not have enough time to get their goon squad down to Miami to try to cause problems. So I say good for you, President Trump. Good for you people. And by the way, it's the Cuban Americans and the Cuban Americans 
The reason they're out there in the streets by the hundreds is because they've seen this play out before. They saw that play out in Cuba. That's what they saw, as JFK once called it. So I say good for you, Mr. President. Uh, Jake Tamper is just freaking out. They also said we're not going to be running his speech. So they refused to broadcast his speech. Uh, cut number 10. We, um, we do have now some of the sound, as I told you, we're not, and the audience, we're not carrying his remarks live because, frankly, he says a lot of things uh, that are not true and sometimes potentially dangerous. All right. So it was a month ago, one month ago, ladies and gentlemen, that CNN had its best ratings ever. And why did CNN have its best ratings ever? It's because they broadcast, they hosted a Trump town hall. That town hall was actually live l-i-v-e live so what happened between last month and this month well i'll tell you chris licked was fired he was the chairman the chief executive officer he was brought in to try to fix what's broken over at cnn to stop the hemorrhaging and lick was a flaming liberal no doubt about it but he was trying to move the network a little bit from the far left, just a smidge. He did horrible things in the in the minds of Anderson Cooper and Jake Tamper. He actually invited Trump to come onto the network. He actually invited Republicans to come onto the network, talk about the issues, debate the issues. But they're no longer interested in hearing the other side. CNN is left-wing propaganda. So he got fired. He got the heave-ho. And now CNN is back to its old ways again. And mark my words, mark my words, Newsmax will be the number three cable news channel in just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time before that happens. Oh, MSNBC. Have you heard about this news? MSNBC beat Fox News for an entire week. First time that has happened in, in a very long time. Has it been years? It may be years. Good for you. Good for you. MSDNC. And it's great for Newsmax because Fox News, just like CNN, hemorrhaging viewers. No doubt about it. All right. Um, let's go to the phones here. Michael, Louisiana, listening to us on our KWAM app. Hi, Michael. What's on your mind? Yeah, hey, good day, Todd. As far as all this transgender stuff goes in our military, I guess it's been run by uh, Corporal Clink at this point in time. <laughs> Oh, the, I'm sure. Well, yeah, and uh, from I'm sure, from Ash, uh, Mark, yeah, uh, I'm sure Mark Milley's celebrating this month, you know, heavily. So he's busy; he can't do anything for the military. My my big question I want to talk about is McCarthy. What kind of deal did he make that he's not in trouble for what he did? Because you you nailed it that he made a deal with the Democrats. He wasn't afraid of losing his position. Yeah, I you know I don't know, but he's got he's got he's got enough votes in his back pocket. That that the, that's going to neutralize the House Freedom Caucus, and exactly. I, I mean it. It is what it is, but yeah. but we can hold him accountable. Yeah, well, once again, something gets swept under the rug. No surprise there. Well, what have we got? Supposedly going shit up. Oh dear! I think we got Michael. We have got a super bad phone connection. I am so sorry, sir. Uh, but give us a call back one of these days, and we'll get you back on. As far as McCarthy goes, you know, what concerns me is that the influence of Paul Ryan and uh, Ryan was was on CBS this week 
talking about how he's not a culture war guy and he doesn't believe the Republican Party ought to be involved in any of that stuff. So for McCarthy, well, it's okay to have people running around, you know, topless on the White House lawn. That's okay. It's okay to desecrate the American flag. All of that stuff is okay, according to Paul Ryan, because that's culture war stuff. Nobody really cares about that. Is that true, Republican voters? Do, do you care about these culture war issues? Do you care about things like critical race theory and teaching people to be ashamed of the color of their skin? Do you believe those are issues that the party should be addressing? 844-747-8868 is our phone number. That's 844-747-8868. But a lot of people are feel just like Paul Ryan does and they say, "You know what? We need to back away from all of that and that's how we're going to get that's how we're going to get voters. If we're if we're just soft on abortion, then more people are going to like us. And I got news for people like Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley and Larry Elder and Rick or Tim Scott and all the rest of them running for the White House. If Trump decides I'm done here, guess what? You become the new Nazi. They're going to come after you just like they came after Trump. Now, I know a team DeSantis is sitting back there and they're saying in their minds, Oh, the media is going to love us because our guy is an intellectual and the wife looks like Jackie Kennedy and the kids look like little uh, John Jr. and Caroline. And we're going to usher in this Republican uh, Camelot and the media is going to love us. They're going to love us because we're young and attractive and intellectual. We eat sushi, not Waffle House. I don't know that to be true, but that's the whole point, right? They they really do believe that the media is just going to fall in love and they're going to put they're going to put Mrs. DeSantis, who is just an incredibly wonderful woman with an incredibly beautiful story. They're going to put her on the cover of Vanity Fair and Vogue and People magazine and they're going to do these beautiful stories about her wardrobe. No. No, they're not. They hate you as much as they hate Donald Trump and Melania. They do. It is just the reality here. And, and and these Republican candidates, they they just can't understand that. And when it happens, they will become discombobulated, which is why I love Donald Trump. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. He fights through it all. And he knows how to do it, and he's very effective at doing it. So we'll see how that plays out. But I, yeah, I've been following. I finally just had to stop reading a lot of the Twitter stuff. What a cesspool. But a lot of these DeSantis people truly believe their guy is going to be treated better by the mainstream media. No, they're just saying that now because when Trump, if Trump decides to get out of the race, man, they're going to be on him like a pit bull on a pork chop. And it's going to be ugly. All right, we got to take a break. Uh, Coming back and coming up, uh, we're going to be talking to Don Trump Jr. and Laura Trump. You're going to want to stick around for that interview, plus your calls coming up, 844-747-8868. Am I off base? Have I said anything that has irritated you? Give us a call, 844-747-8868. Folks, before we uh, head out to the news break, be sure to check out our website, download our free podcast. You can subscribe to it, and you'll be able to listen to all all of our show advertising free. Stick around. 
Live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's common sense conservative commentary from Todd Starnes. That's us. That's right. I love this American Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Todd Stearns Radio Program. Wow, we've got a, a lot to, to get to. And I want to start with this story in the Wall Street Journal. By the way, we are going to be talking in the next hour to both Laura Trump and Don Trump Jr. And if, if you have a question or something you would like to convey... Uh, give us a call, and we will do that uh, during the interview segment, 844-747-8868. That's 844-747-8868. Now, we've been talking about these radicalized district attorneys and the the amount of harm they are causing to our major cities. So I'm flying to New York tomorrow evening. And I'll be hosting the Newsmax, the 4 o'clock hour on Newsmax. And uh, filling in for Chris Salcedo on Friday and then all next week. So we'll be doing the show from New York City all next week, uh, thanks to our good friends at WABC Radio. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, meeting the team at Newsmax. And uh, we're going to have some exciting news to share with you a little bit later as a result of all of this. But I'm just... Going to New York City? Eh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it is a violent place, and I've been talking to a lot of people who uh, live there, have moved away. I lived there for about 14, almost 15 years, and it was I had a great time. It was a relatively safe town until until the pandemic, and then you've got this these radical district attorneys that will not prosecute criminals, and it is causing a big problem. I'm going to get to the San Francisco story in just a moment. It is fascinating what's happening in San Francisco. But a couple of weeks ago on this program, I told you about a, a situation here in Memphis. There was a guy named John Materna, and he was known around town as the Watermelon Man. His name is Red, and Red the Watermelon Man. He sold the best freaking watermelons in all of Memphis, and he did it from the back of his pickup truck. So he was retired, 76 years old, and he used the money to, uh, to buy tickets on these cruises. So he would take his wife, and they liked to go cruise and uh, do the cruise scene, and it, they, they had a great time. So anyway, um, a teenager and a, somebody else showed up one day and tried to rob the guy. It was an attempted robbery because Mr. Materna fought back. And, and folks, you got to do it. You just got to fight back. Unfortunately, this teenager had a gun, and the 15-year-old pulled out the gun, shot read the watermelon man, and he lingered for a while in the hospital, and he passed away. It was a heinous crime. It turns out, though, that we're getting more information about the gunman. And Mr. Materna was not only the victim of a teenage gunman, but it was also the victim of a progressive criminal justice system. So it turns out this 15-year-old kid, and and this is an important thing to remember here, 15 years old, this kid already had a long and violent criminal record at the age of 15. Television station WREG in Memphis said the teenager had as many as 19 charges. And the district attorney, 
who is, um, his name is Steve Mulroy. He's basically George Soros with a Southern accent, and he likes to cosplay Star Trek characters. A little weird. And Mr. Mulroy is a progressive district attorney. He campaigned on this philosophy that there are too many criminals in jail and that all the criminals need to make sure they can make bail. And basically, criminals are the victims. The victims are either treated like criminals or the victims just don't matter. In a way, under this progressive system here in Memphis, and I don't know what it's like in your radical city, but here in Memphis, if you're the victim of a crime, they they almost come after you as if you've done something wrong by being a victim because you got somebody else in trouble. It's weird, man, weird. So anyway, the um, this district attorney, he told the reporters, yeah, you know, the guy, this kid, this 15-year-old, he violated curfew and he went joyriding. Well, then the judge stepped in and said, uh, yeah, there's a lot more to this because the 15-year-old had also been accused, and this is going back to just November, all right, just November of last year, vandalism, theft, aggravated robbery, carjacking. The reality is that if this 15-year-old had still been in custody, that Red the Watermelon Man would still be selling his watermelons from the back of his pickup truck. But that's not the case because this kid was allowed back out on the streets, a predator, 15 years old. He's already killed somebody, 15 years old, carjacking, aggravated robbery, is a violent kid. Now, it just seems to me, and maybe maybe I'm just, I don't know, I'm just, this particular story has just really gotten to me. Because there are far too many out there. There was another guy, by the way. He worked at the, the local Methodist church. His name is Steve Pearl. He was just, had, he was in his own driveway of his home. And I was doing something with tools in his truck. And he was literally beaten to death by a couple of thugs. They, they don't even know, they haven't caught the thugs yet. Because Mr. Pearl's life doesn't matter to, to the people in charge here in Memphis. They just don't matter. I mean, thank God we got a good mayor. I mean, the, the guy's Democrat, but at least he's tough on crime. Named Strickland, Jim Strickland. And even he's just like, we got we to gotta do something about this. But they never do anything about it. So anyway, it just seems to me that district attorneys like Steve Mulroy, who embrace this bail reform theology, are really are really putting all of us in danger. And it seems to me that this guy, this district attorney, has blood on his hands. And by the way, so do all the people who voted for this idiot. All of you have blood on your hands. And that brings me to San Francisco. From the Wall Street Journal, hotel owners start to write off San Francisco as business nosedives. So San Francisco once had a thriving hotel industry. And I will confirm, I had been to San Francisco several times just on a vacation. It was a beautiful, beautiful city. And uh, would stay at the, um, there's a beautiful uh, Ritz-Carlton 
up uh, on one of the big hills over there. Beautiful neighborhood. And had a great time. But not anymore. I mean, it is horrible. And now hotel owners are beginning to give up their properties. As a matter of fact, um, a couple of the major hotels, the largest hotel in downtown Park Hotels, announced that they will no longer make loan payments on their two hotels, nearly 3,000 rooms in San Francisco's shopping and cultural district. They're going to they're going they're going down. Other hotels, Huntington Hotel, they sold their property. Yotel San Francisco sold in foreclosure. Club Quarter San Francisco defaulted on their loan because nobody's going to San Francisco. People are terrified. And it's not just the hotels. Nordstrom shutting down their downtown location, Crate and Barrel, H&M, Abercrombie and Fitch. The list goes on. Dozens of high-end, high-profile businesses are closing down in San Francisco. And why are they closing down? It's because of the crime. It's because of the drugs. People just wandering around, shooting up, beating up people in the streets, just random violence. Overnight visits to the city down 31% last year compared with 2019, according to the San Francisco Travel Association. San Francisco's hotel market also heavily dependent on convention travel. And a lot of people are saying, you know what? It's public safety. And by the way, this is not conjecture. All of these companies are now saying it is just too dangerous. And yet the city leaders run by progressives, by the way, every single one of them run by progressives, including Memphis. And they will not address the issue at hand. They believe the police are the enemy. They believe all you people who are who own businesses, you are the enemy. This story from Breitbart, the CEO of Home Depot, Ted Decker, telling CNBC that they are increasingly concerned with life safety of associates and the customer base. Talking about retail theft has been the highest in certain tough cities. The CNBC host, Becky Quick, said, will you reach the point where there are stores you have to shut down? And he said, yeah. He says a number of retailers have had to shut stores in certain tough cities. We're fortunate that we have not but we are increasingly concerned with some life safety of our associates and customer base. And we're having to invest in more security guards and lighting, lighting and parking locks, recording towers. By the way, and this is a Walgreens, they, they're actually remodeling some of their stores. And it's one of these situations where you're going to have to type in on a computer what you want the sales associate to go and purchase for you. So you will not physically be able to go into the store to get what you want. And the reason why is because people are looting these stores. People can't afford it anymore. And I know that the uh, the NAACP and the, all the race agitators are out there, oh, this is racism, racism. You, you people, you just don't want black folks in your net. Well, no, that's not it at all. They, they just can't stay in business if things are being stolen en masse from their stores. They cannot do it. And so Walgreens is just throwing up their hands. This is the only way we know how to do it. 
And by the way, they were already doing that in New York City. It used to drive me nuts. I would go in and I needed to get a razor. By the way, this is why I order all my razors and stuff. I do the whole Amazon thing now because everything's locked down, right? And you got to go and you got to get a manager and they got to unlock it. It's just too much. It's just too much. And I suspect a lot of other people feel the same way. So there you go, folks. This is what's happening in America right now. And there's a way to fix it. And one of the ways to fix it is to stop electing these evil people to office. You people of Memphis, Tennessee, I would love to. I'm, I just want to ask the people of Memphis, are you satisfied? All you people that voted for Steve Mulroy, are you satisfied with the job he is doing right now? Do you feel safer in Memphis, Tennessee because of this guy? 844-747-8868. That's our phone number, 844-747-8868. Here's my advice to you. If you're a lady, go get yourself a, uh, go take a safety course, right? Learn how to defend yourself. Uh, also, and this is for everybody, get yourself a gun and get some training. Learn how to protect yourself. It's We are moving into a time in American history where law enforcement just will not be able to do it. There are just not enough of them. And I can't say I blame them one bit, but we got to protect ourselves. We got to protect our families and our businesses. All right, got to take a break. We'll be right back. Todd, I'll tell you who should be Trump's running mate is Vivek Ramaswamy. He's outspoken. He's articulate. He's exactly dead on constitutionally. He's against all of this weaponization of the Justice Department. He speaks his mind and no one can stop him. Can you imagine him as President of the Senate? He would be a perfect backer for President Trump. Well, all right. Uh, there you go. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy. Uh, that was Gary uh, listening to us on KWAM, our flagship station, uh, says Vivek Ramaswamy would be a, a great VP for Donald Trump. I don't know about that. I mean, look, I like Vivek. And he, by the way, he's the only one that's actually come out and defended Trump in all of this, right? Now, here's what gets me. And this goes back to, to DeSantis. Not once did he tweet yesterday about anything. It was as if he was in hiding, that his campaign put him in a put him in a closet somewhere and said, don't come out, stay there. But this goes back to the heart of who Ron DeSantis is. You know what? I think the governor would have endeared himself to Trump supporters if he would have come out and he could have said, look, I don't know anything about the charges, but it just looks to me like they're coming after Trump because he's a Republican. And I guarantee you that he would have probably gotten a round of thank yous from, from Donald Trump for at least standing up and saying something and defending a fellow Republican. But no, didn't do it. Neither did Nikki Haley. She actually came out and condemned the president, as did Tim Scott and Mike Pence. So there you go. I, I don't know. Who would you like to see as, as Trump's running mate? Because I'm telling you, he's, he's going to get the nomination. I mean, he's going to get the nomination. Here is uh, some of President Trump uh, yesterday. Cut number six. Today we witnessed the most evil and heinous abuse of power in the history of our country. Very sad thing to watch. A corrupt 
sitting president had his top political opponent arrested on fake and fabricated charges of which he and numerous other presidents would be guilty right in the middle of a presidential election in which he is losing very badly. This is called election interference and yet another attempt to rig and steal a presidential election. More importantly, it's a political persecution like something straight out of a fascist or communist nation. This day will go down in infamy and Joe Biden will forever be remembered as not only the most corrupt president in the history of our country, but perhaps even more importantly, the president who together with a band of his closest thugs, misfits and Marxists tried to destroy American democracy. Well, he certainly did. And it goes back to Barack Obama back in 2016. They said they had to destroy Trump thoroughly. They had to make sure his kind never set foot in the Oval Office again. That's what this is all about. But you know what, folks? When I saw that crowd down in Miami, it gave me hope. It really did. You know, last night I had the honor of speaking to a group of patriots uh, here in the Memphis area, the Shelby County Republican Women's Club. They threw a red, white, and blue uh, barbecue picnic. Oh, it was great. Let me tell you something. Two known facts about Republican women. They're all very good looking. And number two, they know how to throw a picnic. And they, they did not fail. And I can tell you that these ladies are fired up. And they see this for what it is. Many of them there diehard Trump supporters. And they understand what's going on here. And I think the people down in, uh, in Little Havana, they understand what's going on. And the one good thing about this trial being in Miami We have to hope and pray that some of the folks in that crowd in Little Havana end up on the jury. Can you imagine? But I don't think it's going to get that far. I I mean, when you actually sit and read this indictment, it's pretty clear that Trump may very well just be able to get out of all of this. All right, we got to take a break here. 844-747-8868. That's 844-747-8868. We're going to your phones coming up next. Get to the phones here. 844-747-8868. Steve listening to us in Arkansas. Hi, Steve. What's on your mind today? I've got a couple of, these are kind of tongue-in-cheek predictions for you, Todd. Uh, number one, I think that the prosecutor and judge team that end up getting the felony slapped on Trump to keep him from running for president will get written into the George Soros Trust. And my second uh, prediction is the competition to be that prosecuting team is going to get so intense that they're going to start indicting each other just to cut down on the competition. (laughs) Man, that could be. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Steve? I mean, how long is is the left going to control this uh, lawfare they're starting to call it without starting to turn it on each other? That's a good that's, point. That's the, history, that's the history of this type of behavior. By the way, uh, this just coming in from Paul Sperry, who is a, a senior writer and reporter for Real Real Clear Investigations, 
a New York Post columnist, and um, before that, uh, he um, was with the Hoover Institution. He says that the reporting now is that some of the recovered documents from Joe Biden's personal stash back when he was vice president included national defense information related to China. Uh, This is all the intel he's giving us right now, but he says it's a developing story. So to your point, uh, who knows? I mean, this is absolutely insane. Todd, I don't, I don't think we have a classified document system in this country <laughs> no. anymore. The whole, the whole thing is uh, evidence suppression. <laughs> it's to cover up evidence. It doesn't have anything to do with classified documents. And, and this has nothing to do with Donald Trump. Uh, and this has no. this this has nothing to do with Barack Obama or George W. Bush. I want to know about the process. You know, you're getting ready to pack up and move everybody out of the White House. Who is responsible for making sure? that the classified documents don't walk out the door. That's all that's and that the documents that have been declassified under the Presidential Records Act have been declassified and therefore can go out the door. Well, there the apparently the process is very weak because it's been contested for decades when every president leaves. There you go. That that tells you right there it's it's not much of a process. You're absolutely right, Steve. Absolutely right. All right. Appreciate the call, and uh, thank you for listening. Wow. We'll keep you updated on Paul's uh, information. My goodness. I told you, folks, it's a busy week around here. Just absolutely busy. Oh, Rachel Maddow weighing in on why they will not carry Trump live. Uh, Cut number 16. We knew heading into this that he was planning to make these remarks. We are prepared for his pre-fundraiser remarks tonight to again be essentially a Trump campaign speech. Because of that, we do not intend to carry these remarks live. Um, As we have said before in these circumstances, there is a cost to us as a news organization to knowingly broadcast untrue things. We are here to bring you the news. It hurts our ability to do that if we live broadcast what we fully expect in advance to be a litany of lies and false accusations, no matter who says them. And I do not say this with any glee. I hope it is clear that this is not a glib decision. We take our responsibilities seriously. We revisit decisions like this all the time. We make the best call that we can in real time every time. But tonight, our call is this. We will monitor that speech by the newly indicted former president. We will not carry his remarks live. If he says anything newsworthy, we promise we will turn that right around and bring it back to you. So Rachel Maddow is is full of crap here, folks. This is the same network that spewed lie after lie after lie. Russia, Russia, Russia. Lie after lie after lie. And they've yet to apologize. MSDNC has yet to apologize to Donald John Trump for spewing lies about him for years, making money, making money off of the lies they spread about Donald John Trump. Just want to point that out. Well, folks, um, again, we're going to be following the story of President Trump indicted again, his crime. He allegedly kept classified documents just like other presidents and vice presidents. and, And you need to get the truth about that. And that's why you need to be watching Newsmax every night. Greta, Rob, Eric, Chris Plant, they give you the truth. Americans are turning to Newsmax for the real news you can trust. And now Newsmax needs you to vote in their brand new national poll. They're asking if 
the Trump indictment is legitimate or just a political act. You can text the word Trump to 39747. That's Trump to 39747, and you can vote right now. So make sure your voice is heard. Don't worry about the the polls on Twitter and social media. This is the one that counts. Text the word Trump to 39747, and you can vote right away. Newsmax, now America's fastest-growing news channel. Be sure to watch them 24-7 for all the latest information on President Trump, and be sure to vote on the Trump indictment poll. Will you still support President Trump? Text the word Trump right now to 39747. Now, KJP is back at it, and she's responding to these reports of the flag code violations uh, at the White House Pride Gay Palooza over the weekend. Cut 17. There's been some criticism also of um, the White House, the flag placement, the pride flag violating the U.S. flag code. Did anybody notice that or, or fail to notice that or was it a, an intentional statement? Could you just explain what happened. With that? So the administration was proud again uh, to display uh, the pride uh, flag. Uh, it was a historic event at the White House. Uh, it's centered around the love uh, around love and family, and I think that's important. And uh, so, you know, we're not going to, to let anyone distract us from that. What was the meaning of the day? What was a, a, the meaning of having families here and to celebrate a community? I'm certainly not going to get into protocols from here, or uh, I'll leave that to others. And so, uh, you know, we're proud of this historic event that we were able uh, to put together uh, here on the South Lawn for our families, and uh, so I'll leave it there. And all right, there you go. And so the bottom line there is, yeah, we got nothing to apologize for. We're very proud of what we did. And you have to imagine being a member of the imagine being a member of the military. Imagine being a veteran and you see your flag, the flag that you fought for. The flag that you shed blood for. And it's been shoved aside, literally shoved aside to embrace the gay pride flag or whatever that flag is. I don't know. They've got multiple flags now. Imagine how the veterans must feel to see that flag desecrated like that. And then for the Biden administration, not even to fess up, they're like, oh yeah, yeah, we did it. Yeah, we we, we got no problem because this was about love. Really, what about love of country? Does that mean anything these days? Just curious. Just curious. 844-747-8868 is our number. That's 844-747-8868. Oh, Ashley Biden is uh, out on the campaign trail for her daddy. You remember her, the one with the diaries? Yep, that's Ashley Biden. A cut number 13, talking about her dad. America, you are so lucky to have him as your president. I don't know anybody who really, truly works harder for you, for the American people. Mm, there you go. Ashley Biden giving her uh, daddy props, says we're, we ought to be lucky to have Biden as president of the United States. Well, okay, but um, whatever you do, don't drop the soap in the shower. We'll be right back. What's going on with Garth Brooks? So a few days ago, uh, Garth came out, posted this little snarky thing, called you, fun, you, you folks out there a bunch of a-holes 
All you people that are out there uh, refusing to drink the Bud Light. I've never seen anything like this. I, I go to the Memphis Showboats games, and every game, I all, I go up to the, the ladies, uh, and I say, are anybody drinking the Bud Light? Nobody's drinking it. Nobody's drinking it. And I think the only people drinking Bud Light are the guys that you might see shopping at Target. Now, those guys are drinking the Bud Light. I'm just, look, I just report the news here, folks. So anyway, uh, Garth Brooks is jumping in, and it's sad to say this, and I don't know if you've noticed this, all of you country music fans, but your industry, your music industry's gone woke. It's it's really sad. Nashville used to be a fun town. Now it's sort of like Nash Vegas. You got all the brides out there on the bicycles drinking the apple teenies and <sighs> acting like um, sidewalk sallies. It's really bad. And now even the honky-tonks have been gussied up. So the honky-tonks aren't even honky-tonks anymore. There are no more dive bars in, in Nashville. Everything's just all spiffy. It's sort of like, again, Nash Vegas. It's really sad. I mean, if you want authenticity, if you want good music that hasn't been homogenized, come on down to Memphis. Bring a Kevlar vest because you're probably going to get shot at, but at least you're going to have some good music and great food, right? I'm just saying, we try to be real here on this program. So anyway, Garth Brooks is uh, doubling down. He's opening up a new bar. And, uh, you know, it's probably going to be Applebee's with a, with a biscuit. And uh, Garth Brooks is saying, hey, we're going to serve. We're going to serve Bud Light. And uh, shame on all the rest of you people. Cut number eight. Um, let's address two things uh, on it. One is um, diversity inclusiveness that's me it's always been me uh we oh, got the same kind of thing on we shall be free uh people you know wanting to burn our stuff and so i get it everybody's got their opinions but inclusiveness is always going to be me i think diversity is the answer to the problems that are here and the answer to the problems that are coming so i love diversity all included so all are welcome i understand that might not be other people's opinions but that's okay man they have their opinions they have their beliefs i have mine um second thing though just Let's talk about being a bar owner. I'm a bar owner now. Are we going to have the most popular beers in the thing? Yes. It's not our call if we don't or not. It's the patron's call, the bosses, right? Bring them in there. If they don't want it, then I got to go to the distributor say, hey, man, your stuff's not selling. And then the action gets taken, right? But the truth is, it's those people in those seats that make those decisions. And that's what Friends in Little Places is going to be. So here's the deal, man. If you want to come to Friends in Little Places, come in. Come in with love. Come in with tolerance, patience. Come in with an open mind. And uh, it's cool. And if you're one of those people that just can't do that, I get it. If you ever are one of those people that want to try it, come. Uh, let's, let's go have some fun. Okay? So I don't know how to explain it any better than that, other than what was just said. What is he talking about? Wh what? We're just all about tolerance and love. All right. Well, great. Open your bar, your Applebee's with a biscuit over in Berkeley, California, pal. I mean, does that sound like a, a cool, hip place that you would want to go hang out? Do you have to sign some sort of a form? Oh, I wonder if all the people working at Garth Brooks uh, Applebee's with a biscuit, are they going to have to wear name tags with the pronouns? Oh, my word. These people. It's so sad. Country music was once great. You know, Mike Huckabee, I wrote a chapter in a book uh, a couple of years ago about the demise of, of country music. 
and it's really sad. I mean, it really is sad. But uh, Mike Huckabee, back in the day, was um, invited to become a part of the Country Music Foundation. And this foundation actually does some really good work. And the primary focus, actually, I think this may be the only focus, is to make sure that boys and girls have musical instruments and uh, have the ability to learn how to play a musical instrument. And Huckabee grew up and didn't have a lot of money. And, of course, Huckabee, Huckabee plays the bass, and he loves music, and he highlights music all the time on, on his uh, TV show back at Fox and now at TBN. And he's really been a friend of the, the country music industry and music industry at large, but predominantly the country music industry. So anyway, uh, Huckabee had been invited in that capacity to join the, the board because they felt like he might be able to help raise money to buy all these musical instruments for these poor kids. Well, one of the one of the head honchos at one of the big country music labels in Nashville happened to be some gay dude. And the gay dude was married to another gay dude. And they had kids. I don't know where they got them, but they had two kids or something. I don't know how many kids they had. That's irrelevant. And anyway, the gay dude said, hey, look, we, no, 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 we're gonna we're we're drawing the line here. He said, no, "Country music, modern day country music, is tolerant and diverse." He sounded like Garth Brooks. We're about we're about diversity. We're about inclusion. And somebody like Mike Huckabee has no business in country in, in country music. I I kid you not. This is, you should go read my book. It's and Google the stories. It was a major story at the time. And Huckabee was kind of dumbfounded by all of this. And at the time, you know, Huckabee didn't want to cause any sort of um, controversy. I mean, it's the Country Music Foundation. They just want to do something good for the poor boys and girls who don't have any musical instruments. And this gay dude who's married to another gay dude who runs the one of the big country music labels said we're going to, you know, he threatened to pull money and funding if Huckabee was allowed to serve on the Country Music Foundation board. And so what did Huckabee do? Well, he he did the gentlemanly thing. At the time, he did the gentlemanly thing. And he decided to back out. And he quit. And he shouldn't have quit. He was acute. As a matter of fact, the country music, and so this gay guy who runs the country music label actually said at the time, you know, we've got other people here and we don't we don't believe that country music is for people like Mike Huckabee. Oh, the guy's name is Jason Owen. Now I don't know if he's still co-president of Monument Records. But they were all just really creating a lynch mob to go after poor Mike Huckabee. He says Huckabee speaks of the sort of things that would suggest my family is morally beneath his and uses language that is, has a profoundly negative impact upon young people across this country, not to mention how harmful and damaging his deep involvement with the NRA is. God forbid a country music fan own a gun. Oh, the horror. Jazz hands. <sighs> Whitney Pastorick, who uh, was a manager of Sugarland's Christian Bush, also expressed concerns back in the day saying Huckabee is someone who engages in language of racism, sexism, and bigotry. Really? I mean, really? I mean, this is 
So this has been going on for a very long time. In other words, I'm not sure someone like Mike Huckabee would be allowed to go inside Garth, Garth Brooks Applebee's with a biscuit. I just don't believe, I, I don't think he would. All that to say there are plenty of other, actually there aren't. There's just not a good restaurant scene in Nashville. So if you want to eat some good food, just get on I-40, head west, and give me a call, and we'll hook you up with some good food. But don't wa- don't worry about eating in Nashville. It's just the whole thing has been watered down by all these Hollywood libs that have come in and have ruined a really nice town. By the way, it was ruined when they tore down Opryland and they built them all. I'm just saying. All right, we got to take a break here. Coming up, Laura Trump, Don Trump Jr. We're going to be taking your calls as well, following some new developments on the Biden bribery scandal. We'll uh, check in uh, on that news as well. 844-747-8868 is our number. That's 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. From the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's conservative blowtorch. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. Todd Starnes. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Todd Starnes radio program. Very happy to have you with us. Now, tomorrow on the road and our good friend mary walter will be filling in and uh, then friday i'll start the um i think seven or eight days of anchoring over on newsmax and so we'll have a good time four o'clock eastern uh, be sure to tune in and uh, we'll uh, we'll have some fun things to to share with you from from new york city all right i, I want to go to the patriot mobile newsmaker line great to have with us a good friend of the program laura trump laura hope you're doing well today well, good afternoon. I am. Thank you so much. And I'm going to say a big happy birthday to my father-in-law, of course, our 45th president of the United States, Donald Trump. It is his, it is his 77th birthday today. So happy birthday to him. And happy everyone whose birthday it is today. Happy birthday, Mr. President. And it was, it was pretty remarkable to see uh, those massive crowds that were singing happy birthday to the president down in Little Havana, uh, Laura. I know it triggered poor Jake Tapper. But, man, were people excited to see the president. <laughs> oh, you love to see it, don't you? It's the best, Don. Yeah, they were. Listen, I think that the people of this country are, are smart enough, even if you didn't see it before, to kind of get a sense of what's going on right now, especially as it relates to Donald Trump. And um, I'll tell you what, it's really remarkable because the support, I don't know if it's ever been greater for him. Um Everywhere that I've gone and my husband's gone, obviously people constantly tell us how badly they feel we need him back, uh, how much he is loved and missed. And then to see that yesterday, obviously after something that I'm sure was not a very pleasant experience for him to have to go to the federal courthouse in Miami, um, it just really shows you how much love there is in this country for Donald Trump and really how much people really want him back. I think it's appalling what they what they've done to to the president. Just absolutely appalling. And, and Laura, it's so important for people to go back and understand what this is really all about. And and David Pluff, who was Obama's campaign manager, 
said as much back in 2016 when he said they had to thoroughly destroy Donald Trump and to make sure his kind never set foot in the White House. I mean, these people are telling us literally what they are going to do. So uh, really, we shouldn't be surprised, but we should be prepared. Yeah, and I mean, even Joe Biden, you know, whenever he was asked a a year or so ago before he announced he was running for president again, um, they said, well, you know, what's your plan with Donald Trump? And he said, I'll do everything within my power to make sure he never steps foot back in this White House, that he's never president of the United States again. Well, guess what? He he told the truth. He told you what he was going to do. And here we are. It's Joe Biden's Department of Justice that is going after his top political opponent on the other side of the aisle. And you're right, Todd, let's go back to the beginning as to what this all boils down to. This is about documents. This is a National Archives case. These are documents that every president has the right to have as president of the United States when Donald Trump left the White House. He was allowed to take these. He had the authority to classify or declassify any information necessary, and he has always maintained that he did that with these very documents. We, of course, remember the unprecedented dawn raid at Mar-a-Lago. Unlike anything we'd ever seen, unlike any treatment of any other president, that happened. And honestly, what this boils down to, I think, and the way people have to start looking at this is not to talk about Donald Trump here, because yes, he is the person out front and he's the face of this. This is a bigger conversation about what kind of a country we are living in Whenever you can weaponize the systems in this country against your top political opponent, are we seriously supposed to trust the same Department of Justice, Todd, who we know meddled in the 2016 election, who we know meddled in the 2020 election to swing the vote both times towards the Democrat in both of those races? And yet here we are uh, a year plus out from another presidential election, and there's no doubt as to the goal here. It is to destroy the reputation of Donald Trump. Of course, they would love to lock him up if humanly possible, but to disqualify him from ever being president of the United States again. He's never played their game. He's not part of the establishment. He's not part of the swamp. They hate him for it, and they're doing everything they can to take him down, and they're willing to throw him in jail if they have to. Yep, you're, everything you said is absolutely correct, and and it should serve as a warning to every other Republican that's in the field right now and may consider running down the road. They will do it to you. And a lot of these folks are delusional and they don't think it's, they don't think it would happen to them, but they're, they're going to declare war on all of us. And Laura, they've laid out their intentions. They've told us. And my concern is that we've got folks out there running that are not as strong and as determined as, as president Trump is. And, And that concerns me. Yeah, well, I mean, we need we need fighters. We need people yep. who are willing to stand up and take the slings and arrows and say, I don't care what it costs me personally. I'm willing to fight for this country because, Todd, we're seeing this country change right before our very eyes in a way that I think frightens a lot of people. Let's take a look at the bribery that is being uncovered with the Biden family. Now, we know that Hunter Biden had no business working for the Burisma company in Ukraine, a Ukrainian energy company. He had no experience there yet. This guy got paid $83,000 a month to do what? Everybody always wanted to know. Remember what they impeached Donald Trump for the first time? The phone call to Ukraine to find out why the Ukrainian prosecutor ultimately got fired? Joe Biden told us. He said, I wanted him to stop investigating 
the the Barisma company, I told them to cut it out or they're not, you know, get rid of him or they're not getting the money from the United States when he was vice president. He told us all that. Now we know Barisma also likely paid Joe Biden and Hunter Biden $5 million each. Why is it we are not talking about what kind of influence that might have over a vice president of the United States, over a current president of the United States? This is a national security issue. We need people fighting for this country, people who are willing to stand up and call these things out. Because if we allow this stuff to happen, we're no better than a banana republic. We're no better than a, than a failed state around the world. This is terrifying stuff for the future of this country. And if we don't call it out when we see it and make sure it gets straightened out, we are going to see a very different country going forward. You know, when when you, you mentioned that Ukrainian phone call and, and you do wonder, was, was there an attempt by the deep state to stop Trump from getting to the bottom of what may in fact be um, this bribery scheme? Uh, Chuck Grassley yesterday, the senator from Iowa, saying they've you know, that there are reportedly 17 rec- re- recordings that are pretty damning, and the FBI says, "Oh no, that that's not true." Well, somebody's somebody's not telling the truth here, and and I actually believe Chuck Grassley before I would believe the the FBI. Oh well, don't kid yourself. There, there's a reason that they're not talking about the Biden bribery. There's a reason that they impeached Donald Trump over that phone call, which we all heard. Everybody can go back right now. As soon as you're done listening to the Todd Stern show, pull up the audio from that phone call and you will listen for yourself. There was nothing wrong with what was happening there. You had a president of the United States trying to figure out exactly what took place. And was there something nefarious as it related to Joe Biden, the Biden family, uh, American policymaking? My goodness, you have people in Washington, D.C. who have made their livelihoods on exactly this thing. And if Joe Biden is exposed for it, they're all exposed for it. There is no doubt that there is a concerted effort to tamp this one down, to get people to look the other way. God forbid Donald Trump got information on the phone call to Ukraine way back when they had to impeach him for it so we could, you know, do some jazz hands and get people distracted in another place. There is something very, very rotten at the core of Washington, D.C. These people have all been doing it for years. They want to get somebody in that White House who's going to play their game, and they know for sure, Donald Trump is not that guy. That's why all of this is happening. Laura, I, I'm curious to see, uh, to know how the president is, is doing. Uh, I know I saw some pictures of you and the kids on the plane. Uh, the president doing good? Oh, my gosh. he's uh, Listen, they don't make him tougher than Donald Trump. He's tough as nails. It was amazing because I was on the plane with my kids yesterday when he came back. You know, from, from what I can only imagine was a very tough situation to face. Uh, yesterday in that courtroom in Miami, the courthouse in Miami. And you know what? All he wanted was my my kids ran up, they jumped in his arms, gave him a big hug. And my daughter, all she wanted to know was if grandpa was going to have his birthday party today at a trampoline park. I mean, it was amazing. (laughs) And he's in a great mood. He's happy. He's he's enjoying his family. And rightly so. Um, He's an incredible human being that these sort of things really don't rattle him. But that's why he is the greatest president I believe we've ever had. And I think that that's why people see he's the only option going forward. All right, Laura, real quick, before we let you go, you're a Southern girl. You're from North Carolina. Yeah. And I have to tell you that my favorite Trump moment uh, was at the Waffle House in, in Georgia. And uh, the, the greeting he got there, he looked like he had he was at home. You know, this blue collar billionaire just walking in and ordering the scattered, covered and smothered. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love it. I mean, I've been ta- teaching them a thing or two. I hope you know that. I, I don't just come empty-handed when I come into the Trump family, Todd. <laughs> I've got to let people know how to order when you go to a Waffle House. So he was prepared. Look, it's kind of amazing to see. Like you said, they call him the blue-collar billionaire. Because what what does a guy who you know grew up in New York City, who's, who's New York through and through, who has all this money and had all this fame and everything beforehand, how is it that he relates so well to people? But he does, because people get it, and they get that he's fighting for this country, and they love him for it. And so you take him to a Waffle House, or you take him to a Fortune 500 meeting, he's going to fit in, he's going to make friends, and he's going to do great. And uh, yeah, what a good moment. What, I feel like I came through in that one for everybody. I think if if we take him to Walmart after hours, he wins in a landslide. I think <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, Laura, always appreciate having you on the program and uh, your podcast, The Right View, is just crushing it. I mean, that's, I mean, great guest, uh, great content. Uh, congratulations on the podcast success. Thank you so much. It's therightview.com. Would love to have everybody from your audience come check us out. And we have a good time. We keep you informed. And, uh, you know, you're going to only get some information out there from independent journalists and people who are just telling telling it to you straight. So that's who we have on the right view. That's we it. really appreciate it. I love it. All right. And by the way, we, Don Jr. is coming up uh, at the bottom of the hour here. So this is the all-Trump oh, hour on the, on the show. So Fantastic. Right. Uh, Laura, always appreciate you. And uh, tell the president we said hello. And uh, folks, go check out that awesome podcast. Thank you so much. All right, Laura Trump, everybody, and uh, we're going to take a quick break here. Open to the phone lines. It is the president's birthday, and if you want to wish uh, President Trump a, a happy birthday, give us a call. Our telephone number, 844-747-8868. That's 844-747-8868. How are you feeling about everything? I, I, it, we're sort of in this uncharted water, but I'm telling you, I, I feel pretty good, and I think the reason why is because of what happened in a little, in a little Havana last night. People get it. I think the even the average Americans now understand what's really going on here. All right, we got to take a break. We'll be right back. All right, uh, let's go to the phones. Gerald and Georgia, WDUN. Gerald, welcome to the program. What's on your mind today? Hey, Todd. First of all, happy birthday, President Trump. We love you. Uh, pray God keeps you strong and hang in there. And um, so having said that, I was uh, watching C-SPAN last night. Even though I'm Georgia, born and raised, my favorite congressman is Chip Roy. And uh, he, on the House floor, he always makes so much sense. But he started reading the words to uh, that raggedy old flag by Johnny Cash, and I was hoping for it in the show, if y'all can maybe play that, being Flag Day and all. You know, that's that's actually a great song. Uh, Dylan, let's try to find that song. Johnny Cash, man, that was a good one, too. Yeah, it I, was. I, I, Johnny just kept get, getting better and better and better every every year he got older. <laughs> yep. <laughs> all right. You know what, Gerald? All right, we're going to do that. So uh, you uh, keep listening, and at the end of the show, we'll uh, we'll uh, head out to, head out, uh, to uh, break with that uh, with that song. Gerald, appreciate you, and thank you for listening to us. And uh, if you want to wish President Trump a, a happy birthday, give us a call, 844-747-8868. That's 844-747-8868. So uh, there is, 
here's an update over Fox News. There, People are just enraged over this, and I, I thought it was just sort of funny. So they had these chirons, and that's the um, that's all the uh, the words at the bottom of the screen. And uh, during the 8 o'clock hour, you know, they're trying to figure out who the next uh, Tucker Carlson is going to be, and they're having a hard time because all these people that they get to fill in are trying to be like Tucker instead of trying to be themselves. So anyway, they had a chiron up. On one side was a photograph of President Trump. On the other side, Joe Biden. And the the Chiron said, wannabe dictator speaks at the White House after having his political rival arrested. <laughs> that's great. That, by the way, that's a perfect example of what was happening, a, a, a great description of what was happening. So people are just enraged over this, and uh, they were demanding answers from Fox. Now, back when Roger Ailes was alive, they would have told they would have told CNN, and the New York Times and the Washington Post where to put their where to put their questions. But these days, Fox News gets terrified. They don't ever want to offend Mediaite or Media Matters or any of these left wing groups. So Fox News has now apologized. They say the Chiron was taken down immediately and was addressed. They also went after Brian Kilmeade who referred to President Trump as the President of the United States. And they said that was just a slip of the tongue. Someone literally asked them about that, and they said, oh, yeah, that was, a, that was just a slip of the tongue. So Alyssa Farah Griffin, who got her, got her start in life thanks to President Trump, and, and she was offered a job in the Trump administration, and then she stabbed him in the back and took a job at The View. And she's very upset with Fox News. America's adversaries love this. They weaponize the information space to pit Americans against one another. The goal to make political rivals enemies, not just Americans with different views. And it's working. Trump made it easier. Dividing us within is easier than beating us on the battlefield. Oh, yes, says the young woman who works at The View on ABC. Just want to make sure we're all aware of that. You weren't supposed to mention that, Todd. That makes me look like a hypocrite. Really, Alyssa? All right. Good for you. All right. Real quick, let's go to the phone. Susie in Georgia, what's on your mind, Susie? Hi. Hi, Todd. How are you? I'm well, thank you. I just wanted to wish the best president ever and my favorite president, President Trump, a happy birthday today and just tell him I love him and just don't ever give up. Never give up. Never, ever give up. You know what, Susie? He's not. He is not going to give up, and we can't either. That's why That's why I'm still in the fight. <laughs> right, right, and I, I'm glad you're feeling well. Well, you're very kind to say that. Susie, thank you very much. We got a skedaddle to break here, and thank you for calling in. 844-747-8868. I don't see anything wrong with calling Joe Biden a dictator. He's certainly acting like one. Ordering government agencies to go after his political enemies? Sounds like a dictator to me. All right. Do you, ladies and gentlemen, believe President Biden is a dictator? Oh, I probably shouldn't have put the emphasis where I did. My apologies. 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Starton Show. We'll be right back. 
right, folks, welcome back to the Todd Stearns Radio Program. Hey, I want to play this audio. Uh, Laura Trump was talking about this earlier in, in the show. This is President Biden just last year talking about President Trump. We just have to demonstrate that he will not take power um, by, uh, if, we, uh, if he does run, uh, making sure he, uh, under legitimate efforts of uh, our Constitution, does not become the next president again. There you go, folks. I mean, it really is that simple. Go back to 2016 when David Pluff, who was Obama's campaign manager, said that they had to thoroughly destroy Donald Trump so that his kind would never be in the White House. That's what this is all about. I want to go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. Honored to have with us Don Trump Jr. Uh, Don, hope you're doing well today. I'm doing okay. Thank you, Todd. How you doing? You know, I'm doing well, and I think that a lot of people are not just angry about what has happened to the president, your dad, but I think they're ready to do something about it, and they're just waiting for those, you know, for those marching orders. What do we do? And, and my recommendation is get out and vote. Yeah, 100%. I mean, we have to play the game that the Democrats are playing. You know, Joe Biden didn't legitimately get 83 million votes. No one believes that. No one was more enthusiastic uh, for Joe Biden than, say, Barack Obama in 2008. But the Democrats have put together a machine to weaponize that, to harvest ballots, to get them at all costs. And we have to be playing that game. We have to take the money that we're wasting in this ridiculous primary at this point. And that's why the rhinos, uh, the uni party, uh, permanent Washington, they'd love to see this primary drag out because they don't care who wins. That should be apparent to anyone. You know, if you if you call out uh, their kowtowing to China, if you call out and God forbid you end the never ending wars, they're going to make sure that you never hold office because that's where their money comes from. That's where their power comes from. And that's why they're going after Donald Trump this way. We have a buffoon in the White House because they would rather have that than someone that's fighting for America, someone that would end those wars someone that would put an end to permanent Washington, and they, they are just not going to allow that to happen easily. And I thought what happened over the weekend was a great example of what has happened. President Trump brought honor and dignity back to the White House. There was this elegance with the First Lady, and now you have Joe Biden and his wife hosting this, uh, this really horrific event over the weekend where they defiled the American flag. You had transgender activists, you know, uh, topless walking around with children. I mean, this was really disgraceful, but it goes to the heart of some of the issues that, that are facing this country right now. A hundred percent, Todd. I remember when the media and Joe Biden, they're going to bring decency back to the White House. It turns out that's not exactly accurate. In fact, they brought the absolute opposite. What a disgrace that was. And you know, these are the people, the only people it seems that he's representing isn't just you know, an LGBT community. It's like the radical faction, the most insane of the trans community. Those are the people welcome at the White House. No one else. God forbid, hardworking Americans who are watching their retirement savings go down the drain. They're getting crushed at the grocery store and at the gas pump with inflation and all the insanity. Their mortgages are going through the roof with rising interest rates because these idiots didn't want Donald Trump fighting for America. That's what, you know, hopefully, you know, sometimes you have to hit rock bottom. That's a shame. I'd love to see that not happen. But sometimes maybe you have to hit rock bottom to be able to get the average American, not people like you or me, Todd, or probably a lot of your listeners who agree with what we're saying. 
But those who are busy trying to feed their families, working hard, they're not really consuming the news. They believe a little bit of the five minutes that they hear a day. They don't realize that, you know, today's mainstream media is the marketing arm of, like, the Communist Party in the United States. Uh, They're not telling the truth. They've lied about everything imaginable, every conspiracy theory that they were so ardent about. There's a conspiracy theory. turns out to be 100% true. Uh, these are the people. And so we, we almost need it to get so bad that everyone finally wakes up to exactly what's going on. And, and I think we're certainly heading in that direction. I, I thought that one of the mo- more telling moments happened when the president went down to Little Havana, the Versailles Cafe, hundreds of people just packing in, standing on the streets. And it so enraged Jake Tapper that he ordered the producers to cut off the video feed. And Don, I th- they just hate they hate regular gun-toting, Bible-clinging Americans. I think that's at well, the heart of all of this. By the way, Todd, those aren't even those aren't even those people. Those are Cuban, Cuban Venezuelan <laughs> refugees. Right. Those are people who escaped what we are becoming. They escaped communism and socialism and a government that would go after their political enemies, much like we're seeing here now. That's why they hate that this is in Miami. You know, fake Tapper. You know, his faux outrage, the guy that peddled Russia, Russia, Russia collusion for five years, you know, talks about the truth and decency and justice. He's full of crap. Okay, that's the reality. Uh, He won't carry it. He's he's so outraged that they would do this. If this was going on in a third world country, guys like Jake Tapper would be advocating for us to invade them, to stop it. But it's happening here in America, in our backyard in 2023. And that has to stop. Don, I'm curious, how's how's the president doing? I, I just can't even imagine. I mean, they've been coming after this guy for years now, but he still gets up every day and he's got a smile on his face and, uh, you know, goes out and plays around a golf. Yeah, it, it's sort of hard to believe, Don, because, you know, you'd think, uh, you know, this would be debilitating to most people. But unfortunately, we've been going through this for seven years. You know, this didn't just start now. They've been doing this since the moment. He started talking about ending the endless wars. The moment he started calling out their kowtowing to China, you know, there's a difference between, you know, the permanent Washington. They tell us the things that we want to hear, but then they do nothing. Trump actually did something, and that was his crime. He actually acted on it. He actually got results. He actually stopped those things from happening. And that's a real problem, again, because their money's tied to it. Their power is tied to it. Everything uh, that they talk about doing, they could easily do, but they choose not to because there's nothing in it for them. Uh, And, you know, so amazingly enough, uh, his attitude's been great. I think, you know, whether we're masochists or we've just gotten used to it, uh, one way or the other, you know, it's just, it is what it is, and we keep fighting. And, and, and I think there are so many people that are encouraged by that. And we hear from these people every, every day on the program. I mean, I, I absolutely believe this polling data that's out there I mean, this country, the Republican Party, is an America First party, and I'm just wondering what what these folks who are also running what what is the path to victory for them? I, I do not see it right now. There isn't the path for victory is their part of the same problem of Washington D.C. Right, the people that are now criticizing Trump, they were the ones praising him. Right, it's, it's easy to pay an influencer to clip a two second thing that you do. Uh, in the media and make it seem like you're so this. But then you go back to the history books. You go back to the record and you say, oh, that's not exactly what you were saying 18 months ago. You know, you try to claim that now. And I think that's that's the reality. I think they don't care if we don't win. You know, that it used to be the electability argument, right? Trump can't get elected. The problem is Trump's the only one that's actually beating Joe Biden head to head in every poll that's out there right now. 
You know, so that, they lost that line of thought. So now they got to come up with another one. So they, they do these things. And, you know, a couple of weeks ago, wow, the weaponization of our government against the leading political candidate on the opposite side of the spectrum. You know, that's not really a big deal. I mean, Republicans were saying that because it behooved them because they can win or they'll get some sort of cabinet position or they've been made some sort of other promise. You know, that's the difference. They're fighting for themselves. Trump's fighting for America first. Trump doesn't need this thing. Like you could, he could stop this right now, Todd. He could say, you know what? I'm done. I guarantee you all of this stuff would go away in about three seconds. But That's it. he doesn't want to because there's too much at stake. We live, you know, we live in a country we've got to leave our children something that they recognize. And the rate we're going, that ain't happening. No, it's not. And again, go back to the Biden scandal. I mean, you had Chuck Grassley saying, hey, the whistleblower says, what, 17 audio recordings proving that there was there was bribery and that Biden and Hunter are implicated in all of this. Nobody's covering this on the news. It's a complete cover up. And I, I you know, do you really think it was coincidental that all of this, uh, the indictment was handed down the same day uh, that the Biden revelations came out initially? Of course, it, there's, there's no coincidence anymore. And meanwhile, you know, Hunter's got all of that. And I'm not even talking about the crack and the drugs and the hookers and all that stuff, but like the, the taking a billion from China, uh, you know, the, the no-show jobs in Ukraine, where we're on the brink of nuclear war, according to others, the closest we've been since the Cuban Missile Crisis. And, you know, they'll sit there and make stories up about me uh, day in and day out trying to critique. I'm like, what about that guy? Like, you, does China really give a billion dollars to a crackhead? Because I, I imagine... I imagine there are many things, but they're not stupid. I imagine their due diligence process is slightly better than that. Of course, unless they're buying influence and they know that they can get away with it, which is, of course, what is happening. It's true. It's but, true. But our media won't even ask that question, Todd, and that should scare us all. It's it's, it's shameful. Uh, Don, before we let you go, I promised our listeners we had like eight or nine people calling in and say, you got to ask Don Jr. this question. I'm like, all right, all right. So they want to know, would, would, would you consider serving as your dad's vice presidential running mate, or do you have aspirations for higher office, which are great questions, by the way. Well, you know, it, it's, it's one of those. I imagine uh, you know, if I said yes to the, the first, uh, you know, I, I imagine there'd be a nuclear bomb would go off magically in Florida when we're both there together somehow because they never allow that to happen. You know, I think there's some rules about that stuff being from the same state and everything anyway, but. Uh, you know, one day, you never know. Right now, I feel like I can do a lot more just fighting on the outside, not having to deal with the nonsense. I know that if I was in one of those positions, you know, they'd throw every little governmental rule at me, and I'd, decide, you know, I'd be dealing with bureaucracy. Uh, right now, I'd rather help, you know, 5, 10, 15 people a cycle, guys who are real fighters, uh, guys that need that boost, you know, that they, they're not getting the artificial money from the establishment rhinos. Uh, you know, I, I did a lot of that, like, say, with J.D. Vance. Uh, you know, last cycle, and the guy's a rock star right now. Like he's, you know, as far as I'm concerned, by far our number one senator, uh, and he's a freshman senator from Ohio. And you know, finding those guys, nurturing that, helping them get there. But you know, you never know, Todd. Maybe one day. All right. Well, good stuff. I I told him I would ask, and and, and I appreciate you answering, uh, Don. Well, listen, it's an honor that they ask it to begin with. Uh, so I, I I really appreciate the compliment from them. So tell them thanks. Absolutely. And, and Don, again, congratulations on the show as well. Host of Triggered, um, and uh, folks, you can follow Don Junior on a Twitter, all other platforms as well. We have the links over in our live show blog. Don, appreciate you, and you got a lot of a lot of friends out there, and we're standing side by side with you guys. I appreciate it, Todd. Have a great one, man. All right, you too now. All right, there you go. Don Trump Jr. Um, saying that, and, and rightfully so, that um, Jake Tapper is full of crap, 
And by the way, it was interesting. We asked the question, and I don't. I think there's some interest there. And who knows? Who knows what Don Jr. might do? Uh, might run for office. You never know. All right, we got to take a break here. 844-747-8868. That's 844-747-8868. By the way, you heard Don on the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. We love Patriot Mobile. They're America's only Christian conservative wireless carrier, and they have plans to fit any budget, no matter how big or how small. And folks, let me tell you something. The towers that Patriot Mobile is on, great coverage. You can actually go onto their website, patriotmobile.com slash Todd, and you can check out their coverage. And if you have questions about what kind of uh, what what kind of offers they have, you'll find all of that there at patriotmobile.com slash Todd. Use my name, Todd. They're going to give you free premier activation. If you're a veteran or a first responder, they're going to throw in an additional discount just for you. Patriotmobile.com slash Todd. All right, we've been following the the big story down in New Orleans with the Southern Baptist Convention, and uh, they've got, unfortunately, a little infestation of wokeness. There's a guy by the name of Rick Warren, and you may have heard of this guy. He was the longtime pastor at Saddleback Church in Southern California and uh, wrote the Purpose Driven Church. And so Rick Warren spent most of his time uh, trying to convince people that they were not a Baptist church, but now all of a sudden... He is demanding the Southern Baptist Convention uh, endorse female preachers, which Southern Baptists believe that only men can be pastors of the church. And uh, Saddleback had hired a female pastor, and as a result, they were what they called disfellowshipped. Basically, they were booted out of the convention. And so they they were appealing that, and so the ruling has come down in uh, thousands. I mean, this was like over 88% of the people voting, and they said, yeah, Saddleback's got to go, got to go. And now Rick Warren, and he is, man, he is playing dirty politics, this guy. So now he's talking to the reporters, and man, they love it because the reporters hate Southern Baptist. And Rick Warren is saying, well, now the Inquisition begins, as if people are going to go door-to-door not door in the Baptist church houses to see if there's a woman preacher. That is simply not the case at all. But Rick Warren, again, just jumping in and trying to really cause dissent and, and fracture the nation's largest non-Catholic denomination. I believe this is the plan, is that they want to neutralize the, the power and the impact of the conservatives within the Southern Baptist Convention. It's, it's some pretty ugly stuff happening in New Orleans, but good for the Southern Baptists for standing their ground on this particular issue. One lady got up to speak, and she was opposed to female pastors, and she said that if, the, if, if Rick Warren wants a female pastor, that they should go and join the United Methodist Church. <laughs> That's very clever. He got a few chuckles there in the um in the crowd. All right. Uh, this story from Washington, D.C., Jerry Nadla from New York, Big Jerry, very upset. And uh, he is speaking right now on the floor of the, uh, of the house. And uh, he says that two-year-olds should have been required to wear face masks during the China pandemic, the, the China virus pandemic. Jerry Nadler says two-year-olds should have been required to wear the masks. And he said, any parent 
who refused to mask up their two-year-old should have been charged with child abuse. This is why we can never, ever allow these people to control Congress again. We just can't do it. All right. Hey, uh, Dylan, do we have the Johnny Cash song? We, we told our, our friend in Georgia we would play this. All right, let's. Well, here we go. This oh, it's the instrumental version, so there's no words. Oh, okay. Well, we're not going to do that then. So we got to have words. All right. Well, my apologies, uh, ladies and gentlemen, but it's a great song, um, Johnny Cash. I walked through a county courthouse square on a park bench. An old man was sitting there. I said, "Your old courthouse is kind of run down." He said, "No, it'll do for our little town." I said, your old flagpole has leaned a little bit, and that's a ragged old flag you got hanging on it. He said, have a seat. And I sat down. Is this the first time you've been to our little town? I said, I think it is. He said, I don't like to brag, but we're kind of proud of that ragged old flag. You see, we got a little hole in that flag there when Washington took it across the Delaware. And it got powder burned the night that Francis Scott Key said, watching it right and say, can you see? And it got a bad rip in New Orleans with Packingham and Jackson tugging at its seams. And it almost fell at the Alamo beside the Texas flag, but she waved on though. She got cut with a sword at Chancellorsville And she got cut again at Shiloh Hill There was Robert E. Lee, Beauregard and Bragg And the south wind blew hard on that ragged old flag On Flanders Field in World War I She got a big hole from a Bertha gun She turned blood red in World War II She hung limp and low a time or two. She was in Korea, Vietnam. She went where she was sent by her Uncle Sam. She waved from our ships upon the briny foam.